Yeah. Yeah. Draft day. Johnny Manziel. Five years later, how am I the man still? Draft day. A Wiggins. That other side, we stay winning. Oh man, you know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Yeah. Suits and ties yelling out, pay the guys, man, I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. You know I had to do it for you. Oh man, oh man, oh man, man, you know I had Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. The podcast where we change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time. I am your host, Michael Ford. Still a little under the weather, but I am going to press ahead and take us through the wild ride that is the racial draft. Uh, Different delegations and different racial and ethnic demographics, uh, delegations representing (laughs) different ethnic and racial demographics, accumulate talent, accumulate superhero uh, and supervillain characters, and uh, and flip them or retain them uh, in order to accumulate, uh, sorry, I already said accumulate, in order to um, better reflect the diversity of our world. Um, You know, uh, if you've been here before, you know what it is. If you haven't, I apologize. But we will start you off. We'll just jump right into what the week that was in the first round of the season seven. That's right. We've been at it for seven seasons. Season seven racial draft. And we start off with, could, couldn't be more fitting, Clark Kent, Cal L, a.k.a. the Superman. Uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it doesn't really work with the the, right? Uh, Superman. Drafted by the South Asian dele- delegation, uh, uh, I guess he would be uh, Indian presenting. Obviously, the Kryptonians get to uh, look however they look because they're not from this earth. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's not too much to say. Uh, that last, I think, last season, the South Asian delegation also drafted Superman. Uh, he did very well for them. He was the top scoring character last season, uh, based on our complicated yet simple scoring system. And, um, you know, obviously there are some complications in the Superman origin story by him not being white presenting, that being that, um, you know, racism, that, that, that could be a thing. Uh, however, the fan cast that was chosen uh, Sid Malotra, whose work I'm not familiar with, uh, was chosen as a fan cast. And he, you know, under the right kinds of complexion, I mean, the right kind of lighting, uh, you know, could be perceived as, uh, I don't know. I mean, yes, anytime you race Ben Superman, you have to deal with uh, a little bit more racism uh, or a lot more racism, depending on on some factors. And I'm sure that will affect uh, how depending on how the um, various other characters in the Superman orbit uh, present themselves, you know, that could, could uh, be somewhat hamper, somewhat hamper how Superman is uh, presented as the paragon of virtue around the world. But, um, you know, I'm eager to hear a little bit more about, about the draft pick uh, from the South Asian delegation. Uh, But in the meanwhile, 
you know, I, I, I really, really don't have too many issues with it. Uh, the people are a little bit more mixed on it. Uh, you know, this is going to be a, a re recurring theme, I think, uh, with respect to the pick. Uh, it's only 61.6% approval for the pick so far. Uh, and, and of course, uh, by the time you, you get this podcast, you won't have a lot of time to vote. Uh, but as as always, you can you can vote in a number of places this time out, actually. You can vote on Twitter slash X or X Twitter or whatever you like. Uh, you can also vote on the website, racialdraft.com. And you can now vote on streams. That's what it's called, right? Streams, the uh, Instagram thing? Yeah, streams. Uh, no, threads. Yes, threads. So, yes, you can vote on threads. Um, so go ahead and vote on all three places. We don't mind. All three spots. Um, so, yeah, go ahead. Uh, cast your vote for this character and for others and make your voice heard. Uh, speaking of making their voice heard, uh, I mentioned previously the fan cast of Sid Malotra, very handsome man. Uh, his approval is uh, actually sitting at a 78.6%, uh, so uh, a little bit higher in the approval. Um, so, you know, like I said, a little bit, little bit mixed on the on the on the draft, um, you know, which is a little unfortunate. But uh, sometimes that's how it goes with these picks. Um, moving on, we get to the second pick, which uh, congratulations, um, because this is also the second scoring character from last season. And I predict that he will be a high, high scoring character again. And that would be the Polynesian delegation and Peter Parker now. You know, at first glance, one might say, oh, Peter Parker, he's such a quintessential white guy. But is he, though? Um, you know, the thing about Peter Parker is that he's, he's definitely an everyman. And, you know, he lives in Queens, which is, you know, the most diverse borough in one of the most diverse cities in the world. So who better than Peter Parker, um, you know, to be different racially? Um you know we've had uh, we have an we've had an Asian Peter Parker in the past. Um, I think we've had I'm trying to remember the other uh, versions of Peter Parker. I mean I know we've had Jewish Peter Parker. And that's almost canon at this point. Um, you know it it, it can be done. I, oh, I think we have I think we had a Latino Peter Parker uh, at one point. So um, yeah, I mean again, most diverse borough in one of the most diverse cities and. Um, you know he's an everyman character, and and in the modern world, um, you know every man means every man in in that sense. Um, so I don't I don't have an issue with it. Um, I'm not sure, really. Um, you know, any of the possible downsides to uh, him not being white. You know, obviously. As Stanley famously said, anyone can wear the mask. Obviously, he he was talking about any child who was imagining himself or herself um, in in the uh, Spider-Man shoes. But why couldn't under the mask Peter Parker be someone of a diverse background? Um, so uh, the people a little more strong uh, on it. Seventy six point nine percent approval. Um, then that's 61.5 strongly approved and 15.4 somewhat approved with 15.4 uh, somewhat disapproved and 7.7% racist. 
Uh, we also got a fan cast here, uh, Alex Iono, who I believe is uh, Samoan and Maori. Um, handsome man. Uh, the approval of him, it's 50-50 right now. So, you know, a little bit, very mixed, very mixed. So, uh, you know, uh, but once again, racialdraft.com, Racial Draft on Twitter or Instagram or threads and uh, make your voice known as far as your feedback on these picks and on these fan casts. Let's keep it moving and let's get it into the third pick, which was probably a little bit of a reach, but, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into it. So the third pick w was from the Swana Mena delegation. Um, that would be, uh, you know, what we used to call Middle Eastern. Um, and I guess some people still do call Middle Eastern, um, you know, encompasses uh, both Arab and um, some of the other ethnic groups uh, that are in that part of the world. Uh, so in this um, iteration, we'll say, you know, we're dealing with um, Tony Stark, Iron Man, and uh, he would be Iranian or Persian, depending on, you know, which term you prefer. I apologize if one of those offends you. Um, you know, I think this is this is a re, a, re, a little bit of retread in the sense that uh, other other um, seasons Iron Man's been depicted in this way, and what I would imagine you know would come into play, particularly um, for the last few years, given his story, Tony Stark's story of being kind of a former warmonger who sold uh, weapons, um, you know, on behalf of the U.S. government. Um, and then found out that those weapons were used uh, horrifically. Um, you know, it, this is a delicate thing, uh, particularly given what's going on right now um, in that part of the world. Uh, but, you know, having a, um, you know, Iranian uh, or just general, a Swana character um, realizing that his weapons are being used against uh, people who look like him um, is probably going to be much more jarring and much more harrowing than kind of a more white saviory aspect uh, to that story. Uh, you know, the white guy being like, how could I possibly know? Um, you know, again, look around, look around you. Um, so, you know, I, to that end, I think that kind of adds another layer to the Tony Stark uh, redemption story. Um, and obviously, uh, there was a fan cast that was chosen, and that's Aryan um, Moyed, uh, who you might know from Succession. Um, very snarky, very uh, Tony uh, Robert Downey Jr. energy. Um, I definitely think he could he could pull off the the like a snark uh, inherent in in a, in a Tony Stark wisecracking uh, deal with his emotion with a wisecrack. I really got to stop repeating myself. But anyway, uh, the people not so not so keen on it. Uh, let me know, let us know if you you feel differently. Get in there and cast your votes uh, because right now it's fifty fifty on the approval side. Thirty seven point five somewhat approve. Sorry, uh, strongly approve. Twelve point five somewhat approve and fifty percent somewhat disapprove. And on the fan casting, a little bit higher, sixty six point six percent. So basically a third uh, on the approval. Or sorry, two thirds on the approval and one third on the disapproval. Um, so like I said, 
Keep those votes coming. Keep those votes coming. Moving ahead, we are going to the number four pick. Uh, definitely, uh, well, it's the white delegation. And I feel like they've been feeling left out in, in certain years. Um, even though they drafted high last year, uh, they were a little disappointed with what they got out of their character. But in this this season, I think that they are you know making a big swing because they went to uh, Logan, James Logan Howlett, a.k.a. Wolverine. Uh, he of the team up with Deadpool coming. He of the one of the most, if not the most popular X-Men at a time when the X-Men are becoming more and more relevant. Um, omnipresent, honestly, omnipresent in the in the comic book world, in the Marvel world in particular. Um, so, so yeah, um, what we're looking at right now is an approval rating of sixty percent uh, for White Logan. I th would imagine that what happens here is, uh, you know, Logan's a character that's been consistently race bent. And as part of the racial draft, and there are a lot of people who feel like he would just be a better and more well-rounded character if he was more than just a uh, pure Caucasian. Um, and this is people kind of making their voice known on that front. Um, with respect to the fan cast, this is where my disapproval gets noted. Uh, you know, they they chose to stick with Hugh Jackman. Now, one thing about Hugh Jackman that I've been vocal about in the past is that he's a very tall man and Wolverine is supposed to be a very short man. And even though Wolverine has been played by Hugh Jackman for at this point over 20 years, it still sticks in my craw that the character who's named for being a small animal that packs a big punch is being played by a large man who probably also packs a big punch. But that's not the point. The point is little Wolverine and they had an opportunity to fan cast a little man as Wolverine, and they did not. So I do not approve. Anyhow, let's move on. Number five pick, multiracial delegation. This is a character that had a really big year last year, um, and I would imagine that the momentum will continue, and that character is Miles Morales. And, you know, if we're talking multiracial, we're talking about a character uh, who... It, it, in a lot of ways, kind of tries to straddle two worlds. And, um, you know, with Miles Morales, you have a black father and a Puerto Rican mother. And, you know, he obviously is perceived most of the time as black. But I think that the comics and the uh, cartoons have done a little bit more to incorporate uh, his Puerto Rican culture. And I think that that's to the benefit again we were when we were talking about peter parker we were talking about uh, him you know being from new york miles is from brooklyn there are in fact i can tell you from firsthand experience uh there are a lot of uh both black puerto rican and mixed black puerto rican kids and i think that for a lot for, for, for that um rich is there's a certain relatability to being again a modern teen um, who is trying to uh, hold up and, and, and adhere to um, his culture, his, the cultures that shaped him, and not feel a need to choose one over the other. 
Um, so for that reason, I, I think that keeping Miles multiracial in the uh, as part of the multiracial delegation makes a lot of sense. Um, the people mostly agree. 88.9% approval rating there. So that's 77.8 strongly approve, 11.1 somewhat approve, and 11.1 somewhat disapprove of still multiracial Miles Morales. Bringing it in to the number six pick, and that is the East Southeast Asian delegation. And that is their pick, Dr. You always forget about that she's a doctor. Dr. Harleen Quinzel, a.k.a. Harley Quinn. You know, obviously, for, you know, we've, in other seasons, we've had uh, Harley Quinn be uh, presented differently racially. Um, I think that this is a character that kind of cuts, in terms of appeal, you know, cuts across racial lines. I think that women of all races kind of can see themselves in Harley Quinn uh, and in her story. And I think that men of all ages, um, to the extent that they can't see themselves in Harley Quinn, can see them. Never mind, I'm not going to say that. Uh, that's, you know, you get it. Um, but, um, no, but in all seriousness, uh, I like the character, and I think that the character has had a meteoric rise in terms of pop culture. Um, you know, shout out to Marco Robbie for really bringing her into the mainstream. Um, but I, I think that I think that it's fairly easy for Harley Quinn to be imagined as something other than white, and I think that the um, you know the the Asian slash South the East slash Southeast Asian delegation uh, has chosen to imagine her as a Korean of Korean descent. Um, and they have a fan cast for her who is a Palm Clemente, who you might know from uh, both the MCU uh, playing Mantis or from the most recent Mission Impossible movie uh, playing, I forgot the character's name, but the uh, assassin. And uh, she definitely brought some of that gleeful gleeful chaotic energy and i think that she could actually kill the role um if she were if she were harley quinn so the people mostly on my side 75 percent approval rating for uh korean harley quinn and for the fan cast uh 71.4 percent approval rating so a little bit lower uh which is disappointing uh, they don't. They don't see the vision, as we like to say. Um, so, but there is time for you, voter voters, to get in there, make your voice known, and there's more time for uh, the delegations to to get out there and make their case. Uh, go ahead and you know, explain, explain, explain yourselves. Try to get, try to help us see that vision. Moving on, we are already we're whizzing through. Uh, and uh, speaking of whizzing, uh, Dick Grayson. Um, from the Jewish delegation. I'm not going to make, yes, I am going to make a circumcised dick joke. Yes, I did it. You've made it this far into the podcast. You know how we do. But yes, uh, Dick Grayson for the Jewish delegation. Um, obviously, he's generally uh, presented, you know, he's generally white presenting. However, um, you know, we we know, of course, about his um, we know about his Romani heritage. Um, there are Jewish Romani, in fact, um, who, you know, who's sad, who's have a sad history kind of going back to the Holocaust. Um, we can imagine 
that um, you know being marginalized from um, from from European society might have led certain people into the circus, which obviously the Flying Graysons, you know, come from you know come from that um, circus uh, circus folk past. Um, you know, then of course they're met with tragedy in Gotham City, and that tragedy leaves him sort of leads him into uh, the care of Bruce Wayne. And, um, you know, I don't think it's, it's, I think the story changes too much uh, by uh, Nightwing being Jewish. Um, they also presented us with a fan cast, uh, Logan Lerman, um, who I guess people would know from the Percy Jackson movies. Um, I have never seen one, so I can't really weigh in one way or the other. Um, but um, as of now, we are sitting on 100% approval rating for both the pick and the fan cast. So, you know, good on, good on, uh, good old Dick, you know, for for really, for really hitting uh, the right spot for uh, the audience. And that's I am, I hit the under on Dick puns as I keep it moving. However, uh, speaking of keeping it moving. This pick might be a little more controversial. I, I I think we, you know, I think we might have to talk about it a little bit. Uh, and that is the Black Delegation. And um their fan cast, sorry, their their draft draft of um Diana Prince, aka Wonder Woman, as uh as black. Now, I know what you're thinking. But the Amazons are kind of or they're part of Greek mythology. Um, and that's true. Uh, but what's also true is that A, Diana is magical. B, the Amazons are magical. So they could be of any uh, any number of diverse backgrounds. Um, additionally, it's not like the Greeks didn't know that Black people existed. Um, and yes... If we're talking about, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying before, if you want to talk about how Diana would be received in their time, um, being a a black woman as opposed to being a white woman, uh, there there could be some complications for sure. Um, you know, unfortunately, there are there are tropes about angry black women, and I would say that if Wonder Woman were black especially darker skinned, uh, those tropes would, would be kind of highlighted in the minds of many. I think it would be harder for her to um, be relatable. Well, I think it would be harder for uh, white women to relate to her because they would feel intimidated by her because that doesn't happen a lot. Um, and I think that the um, antipathy towards her would be more strident um, because, you know, how dare this black woman um, this black Amazon, um, you know, come here and, and try to, uh, quote unquote, keep man down. So um, that would be a pitfall for sure. Be something that would need to be navigated. Um, one way to help with that, which, you know, uh, shout out to colorism, is um, if you were light skinned. Light skinned black women don't necessarily get all of the same um Slings and arrows, if you will, um, of of misogynoir. So that would probably be a a, a lane to take. Um, we haven't, we didn't get a fan cast for her, 
um, which is probably for the best because um, I think that a lot of those issues would come more firmly into light. Um, clearly, there are people um, who believe, and you know, there's there's something to the argument. Um, you know, Nubia is very much presented as the Black Wonder Woman. Um, one may argue, well, if you already have a Black Wonder Woman, why do you need Nubia? Um, and you know, that's a conversation that we may have to have. Excuse me. If and when Nubia is drafted by the Black delegation, because it would be weird. Nubia were drafted by the white delegation. Don't get any ideas over there, guys. Um, <laughs> but anyway, uh, right as of now, as of now, the people approve. As of now, a eighty-eight point eight percent, one of the higher, one of the higher approval ratings uh, for Black Wonder Woman. So, you know, lifting the black fist in solidarity. Eighty-eight point eight approval rating for Black Wonder Woman. Wow. Press ahead to the ninth pick. Steve Rogers, a.k.a. Captain America. He can do this all day. Can you do this all day in terms of imagining Puerto Rico? Well, I, I don't think uh, I don't think Carlos, uh, who, who sometimes uh, speaks for the Latinx delegation. I don't think he's he's actually said uh, what his. Um, specific uh specific latino heritage would be i mean i think it would be a little easier uh puerto rican um because of the new york side of it of it all um but you know there are other lat um there are other latinx groups or um you know there are the, obviously there are many ways to be latino i apologize for for misspeaking in that respect but um you know Steve Rogers' story being early 20th century. There, you know, there were that's where a wave of Im immigration from Puerto Rico started. Um, I think that um, there are quite a number of white passing Puerto Ricans, um, and I think that at that time, in the, you know, in the 1930s and 40s, uh, in that time, it would have been easier to navigate the racism of the day if you were white passing. So. You know, that's another factor. Um, I think that as far as the fan cast, uh, Diego Bonetta, um, you know, he is certainly under the under the right kinds of light. Uh, he, he has the features that would allow someone to assume that he were white. And then, of course, you know, when he's unearthed, returns to modern day, that's when he would feel more comfortable um, indicating and making it clear that he, uh, what his true ethnicity is, uh, with not as much, I will say, not as much pressure to pass as it were. Um, so as of now, the approval on the pick is uh, sitting at 70%, and that's 60% strongly approve, and 10% somewhat approve, with 20% somewhat disapproving, and 10% racist. Uh, as for the fan cast, a little bit higher, 80%. Approval rated, 60% uh, strongly approving, and 20% somewhat approving, and 20% somewhat disapproving. So, uh, you know, shout out to America. Shout out to a diverse Captain America. Or rather, a non-white Captain America. I, I don't like to use the word diverse to refer to one individual person because, you know, unless, unless you have diversity within you, which would make you multicultural. Um, anyhow, 
That's just my own hangup. But it's also grammar, which is why I don't hang up. <laughs> anyway, um, so we take this is the 10th and final pick of the round. Yes, this is the pick that ends our discussion of the first round of the seventh season of the racial draft. And who better than the Joker? Because if there's one thing about the Joker, it's that anybody can be the Joker because he's a crazy man and his origin is a little bit messy and muddled. Now, granted, one might say if the Joker were black, he wouldn't get so many chances. Points are being made. Points, points are being made. One might also say the Joker uh, is perceived as white because his face is white. But not that it matters. Well, actually, kind of does matter because, in, like I said, uh, the Native American delegation selected the Joker. And I, I mean, going back to what I was saying, painting your face as white in an almost sort of and in a in a kind of comic fashion could can be seen as some kind of you know social commentary um on on what the you know what the white faced man um has done um you know historically you know i could i can definitely see that being uh, a factor um this psychotic chaos agent slash um nihilist with a white face, you know, sort of mocking, mocking white supremacy. So, I mean, I'm not sure if that's the angle that the Native American delegation is coming with in, in their uh, conceptualization of, of Native American Joker, but there, there's something there, I think. Um, as far as the fan cast, the great Zan McLaren, uh, who you might've seen in a number of things, including Reservation Dogs, and uh, Westworld, and Echo. Uh, well, not Echo, but he, play, he played Echo's dad uh, in uh, Hawkeye, which which I think he will probably re reappear um, in, in flashbacks in the Echo series this week. Um, very good actor. And, you know, I think that a role like Joker would be amazing for him. So I, I definitely uh, approve. Uh, the people, people mostly agree. Uh, seventy-one point four percent approval. Uh, that's fifty-seven point one strongly approve. Fourteen point three somewhat approve. Twenty-one point four somewhat disapprove, and seven point one percent racist. For the fan cast, though, ninety percent approval rating. Ninety point nine percent approval rating for the fan cast. So good on you there. Good on you there. And that brings us to the close. That is that is a very truncated episode. I I promise you we'll get a little longer when they're when when these picks get a little meatier and I have some guests in there we can you know talk about not just the picks but talk about some of the news topics of the day. But um, I'll leave it there. Um, you know, give you a bite-sized morsel. We're easing in uh, to the new year, so we're easing in with uh, shorter episodes. And um, hopefully, uh, reiterate where you can. Check out all the picks, racialdraft.com, uh, or or follow us on the socials at Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, racial.draft on threads and IG, 
Racial Draft on Facebook. And like I said, racialdraft.com is the website. Uh, Cast your votes. Uh, listen to us. Uh, check us also on YouTube. Uh, there may be video of this podcast. We're checking us out. Uh, subscribe for the audio podcast so you don't have to look at my distracting face. Um, but go ahead and do all the things. Subscribe, like, um, remote, just a little bit, just a little smidge. Um, you know, just do those things so that we can help grow the show in the new year. Uh, it would be, I would greatly approve it. And I will gladly shout you out for helping to uh, be a friend of the show. But on that note, I will say goodbye. Tune in, same race time, same race channel for the racial draft. And until then, all things are possible.